Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO Podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester. You probably know me from my YouTube channel where I take trending celeb topics, break them down, and see what psychological lessons we can apply to our own life. But here on the podcast, I answer some of the best questions I receive from you guys over the week and do a smaller dive. So today we're going to talk about strippers, panties, meeting the family, guys who want to be in constant contact, and the girls who love it. Plus, a douchebag has an awakening. For more, click like and subscribe. And follow me on Insta, Snapchat, and Twitter at ShallonXO. And be sure to follow me on YouTube for new videos every Friday and a whole bunch in between. Have you ever wondered what the secrets are behind some of the most successful women in the world? Well, each week on the Super Women with Rebecca Minkoff podcast, designer Rebecca Minkoff, yes, the girl who makes all of your favorite purses, talks to women from all walks of life, from CEOs to artists. They share their personal stories on the successes and their failures in order to help you tap into the power of vulnerability and find strength in dealing with loss. They also share tips on how to make your inner superwoman shine through. Doesn't this sound totally up our alley? So head on over to Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts for new episodes of the Superwoman with Rebecca Minkoff podcast to get inspired, laugh, and learn a few life lessons along the way. Up next, we have a question from Danielle, who's been with her boyfriend for about four months, and she's starting to stress about family stuff. She says, Dear Shallon, I've been with my boyfriend for about four months, and I haven't met his parents. I think this is kind of weird. He's a great boyfriend in absolutely every category and seems super into me and everything. And, you know, we have a great relationship. But I think it's weird that I haven't been introduced to his family yet. And I don't want to push, but I also don't want to feel like I'm his dirty little secret. What do I do? Question mark. So family's really tricky. It's funny because we all have family, (laughs) hopefully, But no two families are the same. You know, in fact, if you read Anna Karenina, which who has not, who has not been that bored, it starts with every happy family is the same and every unhappy family is unhappy in their own way. And that's really true. Like we just don't know what actually goes on behind the scenes with someone. Photos don't tell it. Facebook don't tell it. Even peeking over your boyfriend's shoulder and looking at the text with his mom might not tell it. People have a really complicated relationship with their family and introducing another person it makes things even more complicated. So nine times out of 10, not introducing a girl to your family has more to do with the fam than with the chick. But you might not know. So I think, first of all, she should go to him and express how she feels. Be like, hey, like I think we have such a great relationship and I obviously want to get to know the people who made you into the wonderful guy that you are. So like, I would definitely be down to meet your family. I, I hope that sounds like something good to you. And if not, you know, I'm just kind of like curious about why. I don't want to push you, but I just need a little bit more clarity on this. And see what he says. More often than not, if we give someone enough rope, they'll hang themselves. You know what I mean? If they're inclined to do so, a guy will talk himself into a grave. So listen to what he says. If he says, you know, if he's like, uh, you know, I just, I don't know, the kind of, I don't know the word there yet then yeah, you know what? It might be about you. Not you, but he just might not be taking this relationship that seriously. And maybe he's of the mindset that only the woman he's going to marry is the girl who's going to meet his mom and like not a single bitch until then. But if he says something like, 
ah, you know, my mom is, ah, she's a lot. Yeah, I don't know. Then that's about her. Maybe he didn't grow up with a lot of money, and maybe you did, and he's embarrassed to have you see the family house. Maybe his uncle's an alcoholic. Maybe they're weird Trump supporters. You just don't know. But try to get to the bottom of it and just let him know that, like, hey, this is something that you would like to do, but it's not a deal breaker. Unless, of course, it is. But look at the rest of your relationship. If you think he's keeping you as a secret in a lot of other categories, then that's certainly something to address. If you haven't met his friends, if you don't know his schedule, if you're never going over to his apartment, if he's always coming over to yours, that's indicating that someone is keeping you at an arm's length emotionally and, I mean, obviously, logistically. So try to get to the root of that. And don't pin everything on the family because I've met family with dudes who basically... I was just a fling to them. And that twisted me up so much. I thought, well, I've met his mom and his sister. How could he just be done with me like this? Like we were together, you know, Christmas day. And this, this is real. But some people are just like that. Some people, it's a big deal to meet the family. Others, it means literally nothing to them. So try to feel it out. Try to gauge his response and then try to gauge how that affects the rest of your relationship and where you fit into it. Welcome to the podcast, Challoners. And just a reminder, as always, if you guys submit a question to me and I end up using it for the podcast, all of the details, all of the names have been changed. Your business is not out there on the internet. Trust me. All right. So this first question comes from a girl named Bridget. And she says, Dear Shallon, I just moved to Dallas and I'm going to school here. And I really want to meet people and kind of like shake things up a little bit in my life. And I've thought about becoming a stripper. I know a girl who used to do it, and she said she made a ton of money, and I really like my body. I'm an exhibitionist. I like to dance, and I kind of think it would be a lot of fun. What do you think? Let me be real with you. I love strippers. I mean, I love strippers. They are mesmerizing to me. My boyfriend takes me to a strip club every Valentine's Day. It's my favorite thing, although I don't recommend going to a strip club on Valentine's Day. It's like It's not a lot of couples. It's a lot of lonely, weird people who bring the strippers body spray because they're in love with them and think they have a shot. Anyway, I say this from a place of great respect for strippers. You don't want to be a stripper. There's something like about working these sort of like graveyard shift jobs. Like even when I was a waitress, I started to like feel icky because I realized I was working when everyone else was home and relaxing weekends, nights, holidays, like I was, it made me feel like I was part of the underbelly, you know, and I don't, some people like feeling like that, like that's completely fine, like great, like that's cool. I don't. I need to sort of feel more mainstream. And certainly if you're working in a profession that you're going to kind of have to keep a secret from a lot of people in your life probably, that ickiness could creep in really easily. And also there's the element of like, it's going to be hard for you to make girlfriends. I don't know a lot of like bands of strippers who are friends. It's a very me versus them kind of profession. Like you're hustling a guy, you want to get his money. There's only so much money to go around. Is it going to be me or Jasmine over there? Is it going to be Destiny or Cinnamon? It's going to be me. So if you're looking to make friends, it's probably not the right place. Then of course, there's the element of ickiness about the guys. Once you see the underbelly of man... And what a man is capable of, how they treat a woman who they feel entitled to because they feel like they purchased her, you kind of can't unsee that. 
you know? It's really hard to go back and not kind of look at every guy you meet sideways. Like, and I've said this in other podcasts, like, who are you when I'm not looking? How do you treat women when you feel entitled to them? Do you feel entitled to them? What dollar amount makes you think you can put your hands on a woman or say whatever you want to her or like jizz all over her, you know? And like, these are the questions you might not want to ask yourself for your profession, (laughs) right? This might not be a side of people you want to see like 40 hours a week. But I think stripping can work really well if you go into it with a monetary goal and once you hit that goal, you're out. Because the thing with stripping, it's like being a trophy wife. When you leave that job, it counts for zero experience towards your future. You know what I mean? Like if you're if you're a trophy wife and your husband fires you, there's no like resume. It's like, well, those years are just kind of lost. Same with being a stripper. And girls get addicted to the money. Like, well, gosh, I'm making such good money. Why would I just leave and go work in an office? But like stripping doesn't have a lot of longevity. You know, like what's the stripper retirement plan? <clears throat> so eventually you are going to have to come up with a plan B and it's hard to start over if you're 25, I mean, it's not, but like if you, if all your friends are getting their first promotion and they're 25, you don't want to be entry level because you've been shaking oiled up titties in a guy's face for the last four years. You know what I mean? So go into it being like, I'm going to make $40,000, pay off my student loans or whatever it is. I'm going to make enough money for a down payment on the house and then I'm out and really stick to that. And the girls I know who've gotten out of stripping like unscathed emotionally, are the ones who looked at it like a business you know like this is a business I'm not here to make friends I'm not here to fall in love I'm not here to flirt I'm here to part stupid men from their money that is it I don't drink I don't do drugs like I'm in therapy if I need to be you know they really look at it from a very clinical standpoint and that's I think how you have to do it because that's going to set up a very necessary boundary so if you're thinking about going out and stripping uh you know let me know my boyfriend and I will come not like that. And we'll bring a stack of dollar bills. We'll buy a lap dance. Shallon or special. <laughs> Our next question is kind of similar to the stripper one. It's from a young lady named Emily. And she said, hi, Shallon. So I've been with my boyfriend and he comes from a really good family, like just nice, conservative, like typical Connecticut, white banker douche family. And we've been together for a while now, and I really love him, and I see a big future with him, but he doesn't know something very significant about me. He doesn't know, this is amazing, by the way, he doesn't know that I sell my panties on the internet. You guys, I can't even make these questions up. They're incredible. They're gold. And she's like, I make good money doing it. Like I semi, like not support myself, but it's definitely good supplemental income, and I used to pay down my credit card debt. But I feel guilty that he doesn't know about this. And I feel like I should tell him, but I know he is going to hit the roof. So can you tell me how to tell him in a way that doesn't make me sound like a pervert who's selling her panties on the internet? Um, so, you know, God bless America and probably Japan, because let's be honest, I think that's, they, they literally sell little girls like used panties or just regular panties out of vending machines. There's something weird going on over there. Something weird. There's a lot weirder things going on here in America, though. So we went on that front. Lucky us. But there is a market for that. So you can't knock the hustle. You know what I mean? This is a hard world. It's a cold world. It's an expensive world. And however you want to make your money, if it's not like hurting you emotionally, if you're not hurting other people emotionally or physically, 
it's not any of your boyfriend's business. He's not paying your bills, right? Those bills have to get paid, don't they? You have the right, nay, the obligation to support yourself however you see fit. Financial freedom is the only freedom that matters. In a relationship and basically in life, if you have financial freedom, there is no other kind of chain that can bind you. You know, I see so often, I mean, (laughs) let me back up. I have experienced what it's like when you can't afford to leave someone you're with. When I was married to my husband, who's wonderful, but we did not have a wonderful marriage. Like we were just not on the same page about so many things. And like, I couldn't afford to leave and not even leave. I, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't have like, had I had enough money of my own, we, we wouldn't have had to cohabitate in the first place. We could have stayed living apart, not rushed that side of things, and then done, like, had things move maybe at a more normal pace, and we could have gotten on the same page to the point that we could have had a better marriage. But I didn't have that financial freedom, you know? And so if that's what you have to do to get that position of power and stability and freedom in your life, you do it. This is why I always say, like, You don't need to tell your partner everything. I highly, highly advise against it. First and foremost is like how many people you've slept with. I I did a whole video on this. Like you should never tell a guy how many people you've slept with. It's none of their goddamn business. And when we tell someone a deep secret, we don't realize it, but we are basically offering it up like like an essay that we've written, you know? And that person who we tell it to is sitting there with a red pen in their hand. Hmm, is this going to get a passing grade or ooh, ooh, we're going to have to give that a fail. Hand it on back. Secrets are like that, you know? And when you tell a guy, it's like, oh, I've slept with 500 people. They're like, ooh, I don't like that. Who the fuck asked you? You know, and I don't want to give someone the impression that I'm giving them my information so that they can approve or veto it. So that they can pass their judgment on it. And yeah, no, I decide that you're still okay in in light of this thing that you told me about yourself. Go kill yourself. Like my history, my present tense is not yours to like approve. It just isn't. And certainly something as personal as finances. You know, how you make your money is how you make your money. Because money is freedom and money is power. He's not like coming to you, like calling you like, honey, hey, I don't know if I should do this deal with Credit Suisse. I mean, it could be unethical. It's like, no, he is making his decisions, right? He doesn't feel the need to run it by you. No, until you guys are married and you're commingling your money. And even then, you absolutely don't have to be doing that. Like, again, maintain that freedom. He does not get a vote. A chickadee named Amber submitted our next question. Now, she's been having some problems with a guy who she was friends with benefits with, and I'm sure you can guess what the problem is. The catching of the feelings. Well, she decided to open up and tell him how she felt, and he's basically like, I can't have a girlfriend. I don't want a girlfriend. You know, blah, blah, blah. All the things fuckboys say. And the only thing they should say that's good is, yes, I like you. Let's date. Literally anything else is a no. Whatever story they want to give to it, whatever veneer they want to put on it, if it's not a hell yes, it is a hell no. So she's been upset about it and she's kind of told herself like, you know, okay, fine. She's trying to compartmentalize and try to take it back to the way that it was. 
I should also mention that this guy is a complete turd. He's like unemployed, plays video games all day, just like a doofus loser. This chick, however, has an Ivy League education. Like she is a bad girl. And uh, she's just so far out of his league. So it just makes me like crazy. So she says, so Chris just admitted to me that he doesn't even want to have sex with me anymore because now he feels weird and guilty and he wasn't really specific like why and he says now things are awkward and it's ruined our friendship and I asked him if sex was emotional for him and he said he didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> God. So I feel really shameful and hurt that the guy that a guy literally told me he regrets having sex with me and it's so hard to hear that you know, he doesn't want to continue the friendship because I definitely do. And I just don't know what to do from here on out. Mark this moment because this is the awakening of the fuck boy, right? In essence, this is good news. Perhaps for the first time in history, a fuck boy has glimpsed his own depravity and put up a boundary to help you. I say all the time that like fuck boys are never going to be the ones to put up walls to keep us out. They, they, the oldest song in the book is like, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt you. You know, I just can't give you what you need. It's like, then stop hurting me. Well, no, because they're getting something great out of it. They're getting laid. They're getting attention. They, at the end of the day, they don't care that they're hurting you. They don't care. Their needs are getting met. And you need to acknowledge that that is the type of asshole you're dealing with. Your pain does not matter to them. Does not matter. Walk in the light of the truth on that. But this guy is like, oh, her pain sort of does matter? And I mean, like, sort of. You know, he's growing some sort of grinchy conscience. So in essence, like, she should have been the one to walk away because, you know what, he's a dick and he's always going to be. He regrets something because he realizes that she is a quality person and also realizes that he isn't. And also, worse than that, he has no ability to make himself a quality person. And that makes him feel icky and ashamed of himself. And so he looks at her, at Amber, as like a reflection of that icky and that shame. You know, so of course he doesn't want to be around someone who reminds him of his own shortcomings and his own fallibility. You know, he wants to be around an idiot, a girl with some terrible, chunky highlights who's just going to like be as crappy as he is so that he can be in his zone. Remember when I talk about guys who choose plain Janes because they're a plain Joe? That is the same thing. Douchey guys can't be around quality girls for too long. And then they end up dumping us and we're like, holy shit, I'm not even in his league. He's an active douchebag and like he doesn't even want me. What? But it's because like needs to attract like. People need to stay within their own lanes, you know, separate but equal. Well, no, no, not equal just separate, <laughs> separate and inferior. But it's also really important for Amber to acknowledge that, and you guys, I hear this all the time. It's like, but I want to keep the friendship going. You do not have a friendship here. That's not what this is. Friendships are neutral. I'm not heartbroken because Rebecca doesn't want to have sex with me. I'm not nursing a crush on Megan. I don't lose my mind if Diane doesn't text me back and I think she's with some other girl. You know, those are my friends. They're neutral. I don't have these weird, complicated feelings. You guys can lie to your friends. You can lie to your mama. You can lie to me. Do not lie to yourself, though. 
The worst disservice we can do is to lie to ourselves about who a person is and what we want out of a situation. Because then we become a co-conspirator in our own sadness, you know? Like, a guy's telling you the truth, but we're, we are the ones choosing to lie. Be like, I'm fine with the friendship. You don't have to be fine being friends with someone. I don't want to be friends with a guy. I certainly don't want to be friends with a guy who's had sex with me, who I want to keep on hooking up when date and love and he doesn't want any of those things. I don't want to be around someone like that either because they make me feel icky on my end. So we need to be honest about what's happening. Not only what we want, but most importantly, the likelihood of that happening. All we are going to do if we're not is just waste our precious time. And this guy is not going to be a boyfriend to Amber. Like, and this is the thing. If you really do want this person in your life in some capacity, you can, but not right away. So if you want to take a booty call like, back to the friend part of friends with benefits it it takes time you can't do it right away you have to let the dust settle you have to go out there and like introduce new data points aka dudes get laid by somebody else who isn't him and then once you feel completely neutrally about him then you can try for a friendship but not one minute sooner next up we have kelsey who has a very interesting question that at first it took me kind of a minute to figure out but then I realized um she was at fault (laughs) you'll see what I mean okay so Kelsey said dear Shallon I've been dating this guy for like a few weeks like let's say two weeks and we've been in like basically constant contact we're hanging out all the time like we basically spent a week straight together and we text like all day every day and then the other day like I literally did not hear from him for four hours and I just freaked out and finally he texts me back he's like sorry I decided to go to Vegas with my friends and I'm like what the fuck like why would you ghost out on me like that blah 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 and then he comes back with like you know I just don't know that I can give you what you need I think it's fine if we break up and she's like I don't understand how he went from being like so all about it to like ghosting me and then we break up like what just happened here so at first when I read this I was like huh he sounds like a douche but there was something that niggled at me I was like wait is that it and like I very 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 rarely am confused about a situation like I could I know what's going on from like sentence number three you know it's very easy for me to see because I have I have objectivity and perspective you know and also I don't have like an emotional component with you guys which is a big reason I don't do video chats like if I had to look you guys in your beautiful little eyes I would never want to tell you that somebody doesn't like you because I would like you I'd probably love you and so it would be crazy for me to think like he's just using you for sex he's a douchebag I'd be like no I'm sure you should just start mocking up those wedding invitations on Vistaprint like how could that possibly be a bad idea but this I couldn't get my head around. And my boyfriend was there and I was like, let me read you this question. What do you think happened here? And he's like, she seemed like kind of crazy. So he's just like, I can't give her what she wants because what she wants is 24 seven constant contact. And no, I cannot do that. I was like, oh, huh. And actually that makes a lot of sense. When you first start to date someone, you go into what I call the boyfriend abyss. You know, you just like ignore your friends, ignore your laundry, ignore everything. You just like order food and have sex and binge watch Game of Thrones and more sex and talking and looking at each other. And that happens 
I think like on the long end for like two months. But usually like the older you are, like the shorter that is because you're like, all right, like I got stuff to do. And eventually you pull out of it and you reach some sort of like equilibrium. You know, you learn to reincorporate your friends. You get out. You don't need to spend every single night together. And I think he kind of hit that point when she did not. Like it's reasonable. He could have been on a plane for four hours for goodness sakes, you know, and like just not had Wi-Fi. And I'm sure she was like, why didn't he tell me he was going to Vegas? Like, well, he doesn't have to. You know, like I make all sorts of plans and I don't run them by my boyfriend of almost two years. Like it's my life, it's my money, it's my time. Like I'm kind of going to do what I want unless it directly interferes with your life and your time and your money. So yeah, he probably should have given her a heads up. But like, I don't think he thought she was going to lose it the way she did. And so from his point of view, it was like, I can't give you what you want. And he should have been more specific. He And he also shouldn't have just cut it off. He should have been like, it's unrealistic for us to keep up this pace of communication. Like, it's okay if we don't go, if we don't talk to each other every four hours. Like, that's fine. I still like you, but like, I need to do my thing. Like, th- this can't be our normal baseline pattern. It's not sustainable. But people aren't very mature. God knows guys aren't. So I understand that was probably difficult for him to communicate, but he shouldn't have just like dumped her and blown it out of proportion like that. Her, on the other hand, you know, I always think it's important for us to look at how we got into a situation by examining our own behavior. Icky and cringy, though it may be, believe me, it's always easier to point a finger than to turn it right back in. But we owe it to ourselves unless we want to keep finding ourselves in the same place over and over again. So it's like, I always say it's a red flag when guys kind of love bomb you. You know, when they do do that like crazy, like the boyfriend abyss when it's like super intense. I'm a very independent person. I'm an only child. I'm a busy woman. I'm a bad bitch and a boss. I need a lot of alone time and a lot of time to devote to other things that matter to me. Like I love boys. I love boys. But like I can't and I don't want to be around someone like 24-7. I don't want to talk to someone 24-7. Like that's just not my thing. And so it's important for me to realize that if a guy does require that, that's a red flag. That's a codependency thing or worse, it's fireworking. I call it fireworking because it's like this big boom, like a firework, just flashy and intense and overwhelming. And you know what happens to fireworks? They flame out real quick because that, like I said, that kind of behavior pattern isn't sustainable. Where do you go from there? Like, how does that look on like month 30 of the relationship or year 30 of the relationship at what point do you kind of say like hey you know like we need some independence we need to be a little less enmeshed that's healthy so if you see this pattern kind of like that happening in your relationships like you're part of the fireworking and you need to examine like what's making you do that why do I feel so compelled to like grab onto this person with both arms and legs and not let them go like how afraid to be alone am I and is it even about the guy probably not he's probably an emotional seat filler you know because if you're really into someone like confidence is quiet and love is also quiet love is not boastful love is not loud I think that's from the bible maybe a golden girls episode I don't know both a lot of lessons in each one of those things. <clears throat> so it's important to look like where you fall in this fireworking spectrum as well. 
what's really beneath there and whether or not you can sit alone and be alone and be single by yourself without a guy.